child of God is not in this world this right. morning. Right. This world we live in has been broken by sin and there's just chaos it seems all around us. But I'm thankful for the last verse this morning. It talks about when Christ shall come. With shout of acclamation, he's going to take me home. This world is not my home. And that my hope is not here in this world. But no matter what days may come, there's always an eternal hope and a future hope ahead for a child of God this morning. And I tell you, if we could just put everything else outside this morning and just think about that day. When Christ shall come, and we'll sing and we'll praise and worship him for eternity more. Let's sing that last verse this morning. When Christ shall come, with shout of acclamation.
And I want to ask you to take your Bibles and open them to the book of Psalms 122. Psalms 122. And let's look at this psalm. I know that we've heard the first verse out of this psalm on many occasions. But it goes much deeper uh, than that. And, and I want you to pray as we look in uh, to this uh, this morning. Psalms 122. And if you're able to do so, so, would you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? In our Sunday school class uh, today, we look back, in a portion of it, we look back in the book of Exodus when God called Moses. And Moses, there was a bush burning with fire. And the Bible said Moses turned aside to see the bush that burned with fire and why it was not consumed. And God spoke to him out of that bush. And God told him, said, remove the shoes from off your feet because the ground that thou standest upon is holy. And I believe any time we come to the house of God that we're standing on holy ground we come to the house of God. And I believe this scripture this morning and the thought that God has burdened our heart with this morning is going, we need to, be on, need to realize that we're on holy ground uh, when we look in uh, to this. But Psalms 122, the Bible reads like this. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. God, our Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence, thanking you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit. We pray God, that you will speak to all of our hearts, draw us close together and close to you. Help us, Lord, I pray, to humbly bow on our knees before you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this place we're bowed in this morning. And God, I just pray that you do whatever needs to be done in our midst. 
there's nothing impossible for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I know that all of us in this building this morning are very, very much aware of events that have taken place in Israel in the past couple of weeks. It's just beyond our comprehension. It's just beyond anything that we can imagine. It's beyond the thoughts that individuals that are controlled by evil will just go in and take families and take homes and in front of children slaughter moms and dads. In front of parents behead children, innocent children. It's just beyond our comprehension of anything that we could ever, ever imagine. Psalms 122, there's a verse there It says, Pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If there's one thing that we've recognized in the past couple of weeks is the fact that we need to be people of prayer. And we need to be praying for Israel. We need to be praying for the people of Israel. We need to be praying for the Jews. We need to be lifting them up in prayer. But also, we need to pray for those individuals that are so overcome by evil because God is in the life-changing and the heart-changing business, the God that you and I serve. And we may sit here and we may think, well, that's way over there. And that don't really have anything to do with us. I want to tell you this, it does. It very much has a lot to do uh, with you and I as children of God. If we surveyed this congregation uh, this morning, probably everyone in this building, uh, most people in this building could stand and, and give a testimony that you've been saved by God's grace. And if you're a child of God uh, this morning and been saved by the grace of God, I believe that every single time that we hear of events or, or things that take place in Israel, it ought to get our attention. It ought to get our attention every time, not just this time. It ought to get our attention. There's people that are asking the question once again, you know, is this the end? Are we approaching uh, the end? You remember the Apostle Paul in writing to Timothy, he said, in the last days, perilous times uh, shall come. And gives a whole list. You can read there in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Gives a whole list of, of different things that would be evident in the last days. But I want to tell you this. They were evident in Timothy's day. They were evident in Paul's day. They're still evident uh, in our day. And it seems like the day and age in which you and I live that, that there's been uh, an acceleration of these events that are taking place or, or maybe they're just uh, more open now than what they have been in years past. But I want us to look and just think about something 
uh, this morning, as with the question may be asked, and the question has been asked, you know, is why uh, should we uh, be concerned uh, about Israel? And I want to I want to answer that with word of, the word of God uh, this morning. I want us to look at just a few things uh, concerning Israel, and I want you to turn with me as we go. Uh, to these scriptures this morning and, and, uh, just look at a, a few things, uh, to let us know something, uh, about Israel. If you'll go back to Genesis chapter number 12, I want us to, to go back to where all of this would begin, uh, in Genesis chapter number 12. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? You know, God's Word is a historical book. It, it gives us things concerning history. Uh, of nations and history uh, concerning individuals and concerning their lives. But it's not only just a historical book, uh, it's also a, pro- a prophetic book. It'll tell us of events and things that, that will take place. And, and we've seen the fulfillment of a lot of those. Even in many of your lifetime, uh, you saw some of these things uh, take place. But I want you to think about uh, back where it all began uh, here uh, concerning Israel. Let's go back uh, to, to Genesis chapter number 12. And I want you to listen to what the Word of God uh, says here. In verse number 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make of thee a great nation." And I'll bless thee, notice this, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now I want you to think about this for just a moment. This is what is known as the Abrahamic covenant that is made. And if you'll read in in this chapter, the first uh, three verses, you'll find that God promises four things in these three verses. First of all, He says, I'll make of thee a great nation. We see that. We find in also, He says, and I'll bless thee. And then He says, and I'll make thy name great. And then he says, And thou shalt be a blessing, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. God called Abraham. And God made a covenant with Abraham. And He told him, He said, said, I want you to get up from your kindred. And I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And God told him there, said, You get out of your country. And he says, from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And he told him, said, I'll make of thee a great nation. Remember that. And he says, and I will bless thee. Remember that. And he says, I'll make thy name great. Remember that. And he says, and thou shalt be a blessing. And he said, I'll bless them that bless thee, curses him that curses thee. And then he says, and in, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. 
Now turn with me, if you will, over to the 17th chapter of Genesis. And this is going to be repeated uh, in Genesis to Abraham. In Genesis 17, and let's look in the first eight verses. It says, When Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Notice those words. He says, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I'll make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram, the Bible says, fell on his face. And God, notice this, and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I'll make thee exceeding fruitful. I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between thee and thee and thy between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And he says this, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Can I say this morning, you're going to look, as we look into this, and we look and we see Abraham, that God called Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham and his seed uh, that would come after him. God would make a great nation uh, out of Abraham. God would bless uh, that nation. Uh, God would make Abraham's name great, that nation's name uh, great. And he said, you're going to be a blessing. And he said, in you and, and, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He renews that covenant here in Genesis uh, chapter number 17. If you read verses 15 through 19, you'll find that circumcision is brought about. And it's a sign of that covenant that God had made between him uh, and the seed uh, of Abraham. If you'll go to uh, verses or verses 9 through 14 is circumcision. If you'll go to verses 15 uh, through 19, notice what it says here. It says, God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her, her name be. And I'll bless her, and I'll give thee a son also of her. Yea, I'll bless her. She shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And the Bible says, Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? 
And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I'll bless, I'll establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. As Abraham and Sarah would be given a son, a pr- the promised seed, his name was Isaac. And we'll find later on that through Isaac uh, and through the lineage of Isaac, uh, the Savior uh, would even come uh, through that lineage. God promised these things uh, to Abraham. God promised these. You've got Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob would be born to Isaac. Jacob would be the youngest. He was, he was a twin, uh, with Esau. Esau would be born first. Uh, but, but I, uh, uh, Esau would be born first. Jacob would be born second. But God said, uh, before the children were even born, uh, that the eldest would serve the youngest. And Jacob's name would be changed to Israel. Israel. And what we know today as Israel is God's chosen people. They're God's chosen people. The land of Canaan was given to the children of Israel as an everlasting possession that was given to them. They have not as yet fully, fully possessed all the land that God had promised them when He promised this to Abraham. But rest assured, on the authority of the Word of God, one day Israel will totally and fully possess the land that God has promised unto them. God will fulfill His covenant that He made with the children of Israel. They are God's chosen people. So why should you and I pray? Why should we pray for Israel? Why should we pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem? Why should we pray uh, for these things? These are God's chosen people. It's through the children of Israel that all the families of the earth are blessed is because through them, uh, through the children of Israel, uh, the Redeemer would come. Through the children of Israel, the Messiah uh, that the Jews have looked for uh, for so long, it's through Israel that He came. And as a result, all families of the earth are blessed. Thank God for that this morning. God makes a covenant with Abraham. God would also, if you go to Genesis 26, Isaac would be born. And I want you to notice what God says to Isaac. In Genesis 26, verse 1, says there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac 
went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. Verse 2. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. And I'll be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and to thy seed I will give all these countries. I will perform the oath which I swear uh, unto Abraham thy father. And I'll make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So God gives a covenant to Abraham. God confirms that covenant again uh, to Abraham. And here God is confirming the covenant with Isaac, the promised seed. God's chosen people. Alright, go over to Deuteronomy chapter 7. And let's look at some verses here. 14 verses. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. The Bible says this. Speaking to the children of Israel. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whether thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, and thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them, thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show no mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and destroy thee suddenly. But this shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy people, people unto the Lord thy God. The, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto Himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. This is what God says concerning Israel. He said that He had chosen them. Notice this. He says... Uh, the Lord, uh, thou art a holy people and the Lord thy God, thy, uh, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Said the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn to your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, 
which keepeth covenant and mercy uh, with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face, to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware to thy fathers. He will love thee. He will bless thee. He will multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give them. Thou shalt be blessed blessed above all people, God's chosen people, Israel, God's chosen people. In, during Holocaust, during the Holocaust, there were six million Jews that were slaughtered, six million. I visited the Holocaust Museum in the Holy Land. They've got a portion. It, it was just horrific as you went through and you saw the pictures. The pictures through those museums. The death camps. The trenches that they would line the Jews up in and they would just slaughter them and, let, and have them fall in those ditches. But one of the things that really touched my heart the most is they had a portion there that was the children's. And I'll never forget, they had, there was like an area that you walked as you went through there. And inside, hanging everywhere, all through that building, there was mirrors that were just about an inch and a half wide, maybe three or four inches long. I don't, I don't know. But there was mirrors everywhere in there. And they had a single candle that was lit. And they must have been thousands upon thousands upon thousands of those mirrors. But as you looked at them, the light off of that candle reflected off of every one of those mirrors. We walked down a little area and there was glass on a wall and you looked over in there, and they were shoes. There was just a mountain of shoes that were there. They were some shoes that were just about that long. They were some shoes that just a, maybe a little bigger. They were shoes of all different sizes. Baby's shoes infants shoes toddlers 
shoes. Some that might have been a little older, maybe in elementary school. Some that maybe have been teenagers. Just mountains of them. That were slaughtered in the Holocaust. You know why all that happened? You know why that happened? They're God's chosen people. And the evil in this world despise and hate God's chosen people. Israel has not always done right. Israel has failed many times. Israel has rebelled. Read the Bible. Many times Israel went after some of the other gods because they didn't utterly destroy the people of the land that they went into and they started serving those other gods. And God, in the loving way that He does, would bring chastisement upon the children of Israel. He may raise up a nation to go and carry them into bondage. And they would remain in bondage. But you know what? God never forgot about His people. And they would cry unto Him. And He would send that deliverer to bring them out of that captivity. Now, we look at Israel today. And we look at the nation of Israel. And God has promised in His Word that God will bless those that bless Israel. And He'll curse those that curse Israel. I believe as sure as I'm standing here, the reason America has been blessed in days past is because America has stood with Israel, God's chosen people. God help us the day if America should ever turn its back on Israel, God's chosen people. Now back to Psalms 122, and I'm going to close in just a minute, but I want you to listen to this. Israel is God's chosen people. This psalm is thought to be a psalm that the Jews would chant as they would go to Jerusalem at the different feast, as they would go there. It's thought to be that psalm, a song that they would chant as they went along the way. And listen to this for just a moment. It says, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. That word glad, I was filled with joy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It says, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. You think about the journey when they would go up to the feast. Think about the journey that they would take. It would not always be easy. I know several of you in here, you've been to Israel. You've been to the Holy Land and you've 
traveled and you've walked uh, in some of those areas, and it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy task to undertake. But it says, I was glad, I was filled with joy when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Said, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Can you imagine those travelers as they, they journeyed and then when they finally arrived at their destination. You see, Jerusalem is literally a city set on a hill. All roads going to Jerusalem are uphill. They go uphill. It's an upward climb. It's not always easy. Kind of reminded me of our lives. You know, the best thing ever happened to anybody is get saved. Isn't that the best thing ever happened to you is when you got saved? I mean, the best thing ever happened to anybody is get saved. But after we got saved, you know, God didn't promise us everything was going to be easy, everything was going to be simple, it's going to be smooth sailing uh, from here on. On the other hand, He promised us just the opposite. He says, yea, then all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He said that, that in the world you'll have tribulation. But he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Think about these as they journeyed. And then they, they got there. And the Bible says that our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. And it says Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together said, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. You know, one of the signs of the last days is that we'd be unthankful. You ever seen a, a time that people are so unthankful? We're blessed. We're blessed. We may not always have everything we want. I promise you, you don't have everything you want. But I'll guarantee you this, God will supply everything we need. If we'll put Him first, He'll supply everything that we need. And it says, for there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. You know, there is coming a time, there is coming a day uh, that judgment will reign forth. It will come forth. And He says here, says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem literally means city of peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It says, they shall prosper that love thee. Folks, we need to pray. We need to pray as children of God. We need to pray as believers in Christ. We need to pray for the Jews. We need to pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. He says, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I'll seek thy good. You know, I've... One of the things that amazed me over the past couple of weeks, and I hope that I can say this way, they don't feel it in my heart. But remember when, after the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus commissioned the disciples, they were all Jews, commissioned the disciples. And He told them, He said, they asked Him, said, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? 
And he told them, he said, it's not for you to know the day or the hour, not the angels in heaven or the Son, but the Father only. He told them, said, they were to tarry in Jerusalem. And he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you read the first few chapters of the book of Acts, you will find that they were right there in Jerusalem. They were located in Jerusalem. They were the, the day of Pentecost. You know, Peter preached there in Jerusalem to the Jews. We find after that the unrest that came. As a result, the religious leaders didn't like what was going on, but yet they were still souls being saved. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, 5,000 on the next time that, that, that Peter preached. 5,000 souls uh, were saved. And we find that, that the Word of God, and, and you'll find the religious leaders, they were against that. They were against the preaching. They were against the resurrection. They were against those things. You'll find a man that comes along, his name's Saul. And he persecuted the church. He was even there. He was watching as they stoned Stephen to death. And he said that they laid uh, their clothes at a, at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And he stood there and Stephen uh, was being stoned to death. And Stephen uh, says, uh, Father, lay not this sin uh, to their charge. And he looks up into heaven and he says, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. The Bible said they gnashed upon uh, Stephen with their teeth. They took up stones and they, were, they stoned him to death. And Saul was standing there watching all of this. And the Bible says Saul made havoc of the church. As a result of the persecution of the church there in Jerusalem, the disciples scattered and they were doing exactly what God had called them to do. They were to go. Result of that persecution, they scattered and went about everywhere. The Bible says they went everywhere preaching the Word. So others were hearing and being saved. So think about that. The persecution of the early church, the church scattered. This past week, I heard him interview two or three different ones, different men, Jewish men. <laughs> and they were talking about, the news people were talking to them about, you know, getting their families out, getting, getting their families out of there, and getting them out from uh, the terrible things that were happening there. And every single one of them made this statement, I'm trying to get a flight in trying to get a flight in. And they said, why are you trying to get a flight in uh, to Jerusalem? Why are you trying to get a flight in to Israel? And they said, every single one of them said, that's my people. That's my land. That's, that's my families. And said, I'm going back to fight for my nation, my country. And I thought about the Bible tells us very clearly that God is going to regather. You look at it, 1948 when Israel became a state, finally became a state, recognized. And many people, many of the Jews that were scattered all over the world began going back and regathering there. 
That's one of the things that's happening as a result of what's taking place in Israel right now is there's Jews that are regathering. They're headed back uh, to their homeland. They may be scattered in different parts of the world. But I want to tell you this on the authority of the Word of God. They're still God's chosen people. It didn't matter, didn't matter where they were at, uh, but that's their land. God gave it to them. God made a covenant with them, and it's they're going to fully possess that land one day. Endearing. There was a promise that God made to King David. And he said, Your seed is going to sit on the throne. He said, I'm going to raise one up that's going to sit on your throne. And he's going to rule and reign forever. And that's none other than Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords. Why should we pray for Israel? They're God's chosen people. They're God's time clock. If you'll study out the Bible, they're God's time clock. We live in a time right now It's known as the time of the Gentiles. That's where we live. Majority of the people that's being saved today are Gentiles. It's the majority of the people. Making up the bride of Christ. And, and it's just like, if you'll read the book of Daniel, study it out. You'll read the book of Daniel. It's just like when the Jews rejected Christ. It's like that, that pendulum on that clock stopped. It talks about all the weeks of Daniel. It's just like that stopped. And there's a period of time left. There's one more week left. And that's seven years that's left. And that time clock stopped right now. As far as the Jews are concerned. But when the bride of Christ is complete. When the bride of Christ is complete. The church is raptured. That clock's going to start going again. It talks about the seven years of tribulation. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene. He's going to seemingly have the answer to everything. The Jews are going to believe he's their Messiah. And they're going to, they're going to trust him as their Messiah for the first three and a half years. It's a false peace that he's going to bring on the scene. He's going to have the answer to everything. But the next three and a half, the last three and a half years of that seven years is known as the Great Tribulation. It'll be a time like this world's never seen. Never seen. During the millennial reign of Christ, and you can read this in the 20th chapter of Revelation, you'll find that Satan, the old devil, is bound and placed in the pit for a thousand years. And then the Bible said he's going to have to be loosed for a little season. But for a thousand years, Christ is going to reign. And there'll be peace on earth. I had a Jehovah's Witness come to our house one time several years ago. And he opened the door. He said, won't it be wonderful when there's peace on earth? 
And I said, certainly will. And I said, you know when that's going to happen? And I said, when Christ comes back and he reigns for a thousand years on David's throne. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. God, just as sure as the covenant God made with Abraham and Isaac, God made a covenant with David that this would take place. And it's going to happen. It will happen. Why should we pray for Israel? Why should we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? I believe in praying for Israel. I believe in praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're pray also praying for His return. His coming. Because He's coming. And He'll reign. Just like He said He would. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know what you've thought about when all of this has taken place. But a lot of people do not realize, and this was mentioned before we left our left the choir. We were taking prayer requests before we left the choir room, and it was mentioned that a lot of people don't realize that Israel is God's chosen people. And a lot of people are ignorant. I don't mean that in a bad way, but they're ignorant uh, to the fact that Israel is God's chosen people. Do you know that Israel is about the size of the state of New Jersey? About the size of the state of New Jersey. It's a little small place. little small place. But God chose them as His people. They are God's chosen people. Hallelujah. Thank God for Israel this morning. Pray for Israel. Let's stand our feet. They'll come with a song. Jacob. We're going to have a time of invitation. And I want to tell you this, this altar's open. You want to come and pray. Come and pray. One of the things that was mentioned in our Sunday school class this morning is Jesus talked on several different occasions about prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And if there's one thing that uh, we need to be doing is really pray. Fast, if God so leads you to do so, fast, pray over these things. Pray for Israel, pray for one another. Pray for those that are not saved. Pray for those that are unprepared to meet God. Pray. And I pray that God will just open our hearts and our minds, that we'll lift unbelievers up before Christ in these last days. What a blessing it is going to be when the rapture takes place. When He calls His church, His children home. What a beautiful blessing that's going to be. I had back several years ago, I dreamed the rapture was taking place. And I had that dream three times. And what I, it, it was just, it was so real. And I could just feel myself, and I, could, I looked around, and there was others. And we were just going up. And, I, and as I was going up, it was just like, you know, it was just like you were on a turntable going up. And there was other believers in Christ that were going at the same time. And we were going up. And I remembered it was so wonderful. 
understand. And what a feeling it was. And just looking up, knowing was going to meet him. And I woke up. I didn't want to. But I woke up. And it wasn't long I had the same dream again. Same thing happened. And I'll never forget just the feeling and the peace and the joy. And then I woke up. Didn't want to. But I woke up. But it was so real. And the third time, I had it same exact thing happen. And I woke up. Ross, one of these days, it's going to happen. It's not going to be a dream. It's going to happen. Looking forward to that day. And I pray that you are too.